Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the In The Saddle podcast with me your host Chris Loder and I'm joined this week as well by my co-host Marcus Sorosky and we're going to be talking about race courses. We'll be talking about some of our favourite race courses, also as well what the atmosphere is like these days. We'll be touching a little bit about Cheltenham as well and possibly a fifth day and what that could do to other race courses that hold other good race meetings and also as well lots of other topics and issues around the subject. But we'll start off um, as our first talking point with Kempton. You might have seen on our Instagram feed recently and Twitter account that we actually went to uh, Kempton for a Wednesday night fixture under the floodlights. Me and Marcus went in the hospitality area and it was quite affordable. It was only £25 and that got us uh, a seat um, in the panoramic restaurant. We were right by the winning line and it was a really good evening. But a lot of people probably sometimes take the mickey out of Kempton that there's no one there but I would suggest to you to really go it was recently uh, in the news that they're not going to do the building developments there and um, it's going to be great for racing because they've got good races such as the King George they've got a good all-weather program too such as holding races like the September Stakes which has seen the likes of an Able win there in recent years and it's just a course that I would really recommend going I don't know what your thoughts are on, on it Marcus yeah, I was I was very impressed. Uh, I think it was, was it a Wednesday night we went. Yeah, Wednesday night? night. Yeah, and I was I was very very impressed with sort of the facilities, the staff. The staff were great. Um, quality of food service was great. The view the view we had was was was, was perfect. You know, um, it was right on the winning line. So I mean, even the racing as well. The racing was of, was of decent quality. I mean, you had some 85, 90 rated horses running there. It was competitive. The first, one the one thing I always find strange about going to Kempton is when you're watching on the TV, you, you sort of got this big long stretch, but when you're actually on the course, it's actually not that long. Do you get no. what I mean? The running. Um, as soon as I hit that false running rail around the two pole, but I, you know, I, really, I really enjoyed it, and I'll certainly be going there again whenever I have time time off work. I'll certainly go every Wednesday because I know you enjoyed it as well. So we'll probably be there most Wednesdays, Thursdays. Yeah, it's, it's also a good atmosphere for jumping as well. On my first visit yeah. there, I wasn't that impressed, but it was probably because I went to the meeting uh, where they had the Silver Cup, and that's the first uh, day's racing after the Cheltenham Festival, so everybody's probably spent all their money and, and aren't really following the racing that day. Maybe the crowd wasn't for King George Day. That was a great day. And I was there a couple of weeks ago as well when it was uh, for the Dovecote um, hurdle and that that was a good atmosphere too. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good track, Kempton. And if you haven't done it, I definitely recommend it. The only problem is if you're um, around central London, getting there is an absolute nightmare, isn't it? Because the trains are very irregular. Um, so I would probably suggest if you can drive there or get a taxi, I probably wouldn't train it. Um, but yeah, Kempton is uh, definitely um, a course you got to visit if you haven't done so already. But you're from up uh, north, aren't you, Marcus, up in uh, up in uh, Scotland? And you, you've you been to some tracks like Musselburgh and that. What, do you like the courses up there? Musselburgh's always been renowned as the, sort of one of the best of the smallest tracks. I know when you send um, sort of your top trainers, like I know Paul Nichols had a couple of winners there a few weeks ago, in the sort of Nicky Henderson because I mean the top top trainers in Fergal O'Brien those types, they are more inclined to send horses up up to Musselburgh in particular because I know they've got the better ground. Because maybe maybe you look back maybe five 
10 years ago, there was always sort of like a negative um, sort of resistance to, to doing that. Um, but you do, you do see some good good racing there, but sort of some boys come up there and, and clean up. So sort you're of starting to see a bit more, especially with the jumps. I mean, Musselburgh, from a spectator point of view, it's, it's an old it's, a, it's an old track. I mean, you've got the old course, the, old, the oldest golf course in the world, actually, in the, the centre of that nine-hole old course at Musselburgh. I, I've been to my local track both whenever, obviously, when I was up at uni, I used to go as much as possible. Quite like, quite like Kelso, Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton out, out in near Glasgow, North Lanarkshire. I mean, that's probably my favourite track. Um, I just think the atmosphere is a lot better, and you've got the big stand in comparison to Musselburgh. It's just obviously it's not on as frequently because obviously it's only flat racing. Um, so if anyone's ever in Scotland, I certainly wouldn't put you off going to Hamilton or Musselburgh. Um, listen, I know that you've never been that far north before. Um, well, I've been, I've been, I've been to Loch Ness as a li- as a little boy, but um, but not for racing. No, Doncaster's the furthest I've been racing. Um, but that, that, that that's a good track too. I went there. I was very lucky for the Saint Ledger meeting, um, and that was really good. Uh, it was a four day festival out there. I went on um, the second day. I wasn't actually there for the Ledger itself, but no, I was quite impressed with Doncaster. It was a nice track. Uh, it wasn't too many people there on the day itself, but that was probably because it was a midweek and uh, the school holidays were over then. But yeah, Doncaster. It's definitely one that I would recommend people for doing. You were talking about smaller tracks. For me, we've got some nice small tracks down there in the south. One of my favourite courses, probably being a bit biased here, is Wincanton. It's where I got my first proper well, kind of break in racing when I did the social media there. And it's right near Paul Nichols, Colin Tizard. Um, and you always see a lot of their good horses there. And it's normally um, there's normally a stewards inquiry if Tizard or Nichols don't have a winner. Um, yeah. it's, it's very rare that at least one of them doesn't have a winner. They've got the Badger Ales there. That's always a good crack. There's always a lot of knowledgeable fans there, and that's what appeals to me a lot. You go to sometimes some of these bigger courses, like Goodwood is one that is a fantastic course, probably my favourite course. And if we had to narrow it down to one always good cards there but i don't always necessarily think the people there are always there for the racing you know they're just there to have a good time you might remember a couple of years ago uh, i was actually there as well it was when it was the guineas weekend there was a bit of a fight there was a bust up and people just sometimes just go for the drink and and that's where sometimes at those kind of meetings those flagship meetings it, sometimes it's maybe not not so good because the the atmosphere is not as good and People just there uh, just have a, a drink, you know, yeah. not really taking in the racing. I can agree completely. Like, I was actually going to go on to my next point. For example, when I've sort of been racing in the north, um, it's actually, I actually prefer going to, to the smaller meetings, especially in Musselburgh, when maybe December, January, February, this sort of time. I mean, it's quite quiet. So, I mean, you can actually, it's proper racing people and you can sort of watch the racing, whereas Ladies' Day, for example, I mean, it's just... It's not about the racing, the cards and the flats. Usually, very poor quality. And it's sort of people, as you say, people aren't there for the racing. Um, and obviously, you've seen a lot of problems. Obviously, with the drink, and obviously, it seems to be sort of like a cocaine culture coming into racing. I mean, obviously, you see all the fights at Ascot. Um, but I think that's been happening at most of these. I mean, most of these meetings, I mean, these, these specific ladies' day meetings, sort of 
attracting the wrong sort of crowd, you know. Um, it's not sort of a racing crowd, but then if that's the way that commercial teams and, and race courses want to make their money, um, so that's up to them. But as I say, I mean, I can relate to you. I mean, I sort of prefer it when it's a bit quiet so you can actually watch the racing. Mm. Um, I don't go there for the drink, you know. Well, I, but again, it's one of those dilemmas that we're going we were going to talk about is sometimes race courses because they don't actually hold race meetings all the time tracks like Kempton at least hold once a week but you're talking at like some of these venues like Wynn Canton for example um, and some of the other smaller courses they have to do like extra events and stuff and make it more appealing or to like get through they might put on music acts that's often um, been a bugbear for the purists I know that I mean I was at Newbury couple of years ago when Ollie Mers was on and uh, I'm not a massive Ollie Mers fan but I, I don't mind his music I can tolerate it and um, I, I was there and the, the gig just started and it was probably the worst day's racing I've ever been at actually there was there was so many people there just for Ollie Mers there was uh, girls queuing up to go in the guys toilets and that's when I had my toilet problems obviously with the condition that I was going through and I, I didn't feel like I could go to the toilet in a safe place I know that sounds a bit personal but it, it was just a horrible really horrible day uh, I mean the racing was good quality uh, but the, the the people there they were just there to have a good time get it was just like it was just like a like Magaluf really but in Britain uh, it, it was awful but yeah I had a I, like I said I was watching Ollie Mers gig just started and I had a pint of beer threw at me from a few people back and it got me and the surrounding people all soaked soaked in beer you know and I just thought sod it and, and I just left if there's ever a a, a gig afterwards now I, I tend to not go unless I was working at the race course that day I wouldn't I wouldn't go are you one of those people that like the gigs or you'd stay clear of them yeah I, I avoid it um, as much as possible because I think it just attracts the. I you don't want to stereotype people, but I mean, I, I, I go for the racing. I don't really go for anything else. Um, I've got no interest in anything else. I mean, it's strange though because I mean, do you know when we're sort of talking about tracks? Um, do you know I sort of think sort of a hidden gem is Cartmel. You ever been to Cartmel? Yeah, they actually sponsor the Cartmel Sticky Toffee Pudding race. Yeah, I really I want to go track. that. Yeah try the sticky toffee pudding so uh, definitely on the bucket the list it's very it's very sort of like family oriented a lot of people like having picnics um it's a really good really good vibe you know mm. sort of good racing people i've never, never seen any trouble there before and uh, big crowds mm. um the jump race i mean i, I like it and it's probably one of my favorite meetings me smaller meetings um yeah i certainly wouldn't put you off going to carmel no, no, definitely, definitely. So always, the, the the cars there don't always look too bad. Actually, you get a few nice competitive races, and it it, it always looks like a weird a weird um, track to watch on the telly because you can never. I I don't know the way around the track unless I've probably been there, like watching it on the telly. There's so many different camera angles, and you you, you sometimes get a bit dizzy <laughs> working out yeah, where, what you mean. where where they're going. You come around that bend and you sort of kick kick away. But I'll tell you, James Muffet, Brian Hughes, they certainly know, know where the winning line is there. Yeah, they always do very well at Cartmel. One track I would like to go to, and 
and uh, I've told you this story a few times is um is Chester my um when my uh, cousins lives uh, in Chester and uh, they're not racing people at all but they they've been racing there before and they really liked it because you can take your picnic inside um in Are you s- going to tell them the story about how you never made it to Chester that day? Yeah, well we 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 will do in a minute. <laughs> Um, we will do in a minute, but yeah, you can take a picnic in there and and watch the and watch the racing in the evening, you know. And they have a few Friday night cards, I think, on on a Saturday. And after you've had uh, your day's racing, it's it's good. Uh, it's a good town to go and have a have a pint in afterwards. There's some good pubs around, but yeah, I would definitely know there's some good pubs because uh, I was I was there uh, back in September. And, my cousin promised me we were going to go racing and we were kind of having a lad's cousin's weekend weekend away and we said oh we'll get we'll get to chester and we'll go to the racing and we'll be there for the afternoon so we we started off at one o'clock and my cousin thought it'd be a good idea just to drink in a couple of pubs and he said no we'll get there in time it's not too far to walk anyway as time went on, we never made it, and we stopped in about five <laughs> pubs. And uh, when we did get to see the race course, um, it was about six o'clock in the evening, and the racing had finished. Um, so yeah, so I've only seen seen a Chester race course when it hasn't uh, been used. So yeah, I still got um, still got to go go there uh, to see the racing, but I could definitely appreciate uh, how it looked and it definitely i think would be a good track to go and visit yeah but going back to small gems fontwell is a really unusual track if you've never been there so it's a figure of eight course um well that's if you do the chase course anyway uh you go around in a figure of eight and i think it's the only one in the country where they do that and you get a great view of the whole course so fontwell if you haven't been there that's another good good course i would recommend um going but uh, yeah I, ju- I just think race courses a lot of them do well but a lot of them could do better a thing i wanted to touch upon was about the cheltenham festival um obviously we all love cheltenham it's a great track i've been there been lucky to go there a couple of times for work but do we think if we had an extra fifth day at the cheltenham festival it would take some of the other good racing away from some of these race courses that need it. You look at uh, race courses such as Fontwell, we've just touched upon. They have the National Spirit Hurdle. That's a very big event for them. And I just think if you um, took away some of um, the other races from some of the race courses, the good quality racing would suffer. And it would just all focus around Cheltenham and it just wouldn't be really fair for the other tracks. I don't know what you think about that, Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, I think... Just, I just if they keep adding races and races on to Chelsea, I mean, eventually it's going to be it's going to be a week long festival. That is, it's going to be like a it's going to be like a monopoly. You need to you need to sort of spread out these top races to these, these courses. They need them. That, that's their sort of flagship, isn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. I just think it's, it'd be crazy to do something like that. These smaller tracks need to be competitive, and given like it's that prize money as well, isn't it? Um, and if they if they can't offer the prize money, they're not going to attract the right sort of horses, the right sort of owners. Mm. Um, I mean, the Sandown as well. I know, I know you're a big fan of Sandown. Um, we could be going this weekend. So, I mean, if you say it's great track, um, they need they need, they need they need to keep as many races as possible. I think mm. 
Adam wants a counter match. I don't just think it's silly. Another day we'd just be daft. Yeah. Also, as well, a lot of the other tracks, to be fair, though, in line with Cheltenham, they have the right trial races there, you know. So, like, for example, Wincant and a small track has the Kingwell Hurdle, the, a champion hurdle trial. You've got Haydock that has Cheltenham, Cheltenham trials. Kempton has Cheltenham trials, you know. So there are there are um, race courses that do have them, but it is important to, to, to keep them. Um, and also as well to support them too, because otherwise they could disappear. We've had race courses such as uh, F- Folkestone go in the last couple of years, or quite a few years ago now. Uh, toaster. Yeah, Toaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah Toaster is no- another example uh, where I-, I went there um, with Luke Harvey uh, doing some on-course reporting as my uh, first ever um, outside broadcast when I was doing some shadowing. And my work placement at uni and it's the only time I've ever been but again that that was that was a good track with a knowledgeable crowd you the people that were there were there for the racing and it always had a really stiff hill it similar to Sandown in the way that that they come up a really steep hill at the end and it's, that, that, that's a shame that that's gone because that, that really was a that was a good track and I enjoyed watching races then they um they had a good atmosphere too, with the sense that that's where AP McCoy, I think, rode his. I'm not sure if it's 3,000, 4,000 winner. Four. Was it his 4,000? I, I remember it. I remember it well. I remember I was actually at Musselburgh that day. And it's probably one. I mean, it's bizarre what I'm talking about. It's probably one of my biggest losers on, on the Bentford Exchange. I laid it, I went all in. Um, I think it was a horse called Mountain. Was it called Mountain Tunes? JP McManus, is that right? Oh, Ten to eleven. It could. Um, could have been. I remember, I went all in. Uh, I think it was. I think it was on the same day as the the All Weather Championship. Um, at Langfield. I mean, I went all in, and I mean, I was pretty sure I was getting paid. Played the horse. Um, Jimmy Mercy in front, and he's a man you want in front. You know, you'll push them out. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was. But absolutely sick there. Um. Obviously, it's bad for. I mean, it's bad for slow horses, you know. Trainers always say it's the best track for, for slow horses, you know, with that stiff finish. Because um, the horse, the I mean, the racing's complexion can change so quickly, um, just how steep and how much of a stamina test it is. Mm. Um, and I've, I've not actually heard anything recently in the news about that track. Um, I think uh, was Ark who owned it before, or who who owned it before? It did come under Ark, I believe. Not sure how about how the politics uh, worked, but as as far as I know, it didn't actually cost you anything to go in. Um, yeah, because they had the race, they had the greyhound track as well, didn't they? Yeah, uh, uh, th- I still think they might use the greyhound track. I'm not sure. I'm not a greyhound. No, it's gone. Oh. It's gone because everybody used to put it on at the race. And this. But the thing is, I think it all just boils down to money, Chris. Um, it could just be a similar situation to Kempton that. It's no longer viable to, to have this business model mm-hmm. and the land is worth more and someone wants to make a profit so the track's going to go. Um, and the longer it goes on, the more more it looks like they're going to be selling up. I mean, I think it's similar with Folkestone as well. I mean, when was the last time they had racing at Folkestone? I mean, it's been years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's no plans to um, to have racing in time there soon. I think it's nearly 10 years we've lost Folkestone. So... You know what, though? If you think about it, um, I mean, there is sort of a glimmer of hope. I mean, look what happened with Great Lees. Great Lees was probably in a worse 
situation. I mean, Chelm, what the formerly known as Chelmsford now, mm. and that was gone for years. Um, I made a comeback. I mean, in most training, you see some, you see some good horses running there. It's a fair track. Um, you don't see many, many hard luck stories. No, Chelmsford. Yeah. Um, but fingers crossed that they, they can get these tracks. And get these tracks back and get the runners back and obviously they'll employ some people as well I mean, it's a win-win really isn't it yeah but i believe actually chelmsford's getting a turf track uh they've been if you've been watching the race and they sometimes when they go on different camera angles you can see see them um building it i'm not sure if it's next year it, it, we're finally going to get it but it's not too far away so so that'd be another good a good um good thing because Essex could do with a good turf track as well, not too much racing out that way. Um be interesting to see what kind of calibre of racing it gets. Maybe it might turn into another place where a bit like Yarmouth, where you see a lot of the Gosden um two, three year olds, they go the top new market horses, they go there for their first ever outing for like a maiden or a novice race. It might be interesting to see if those kind of horses get sent to Chelmsford on the turf, but yeah, I I think when it comes down to um to everything, race courses they are up against it, um especially the smaller ones and unless you're getting meetings regular regularly and unless you're probably a dual purpose course where you're going to be hosting, um flat and jumps meetings throughout the year, you're gonna to have to find other ways of making money, and again this is like what we were saying earlier these these gigs and that that's a good way for them to get people in through the doors because even though as racing fans we might not like it they're going to make a lot of money from the ticket sales so but i just think it's just trying to get that right balance isn't it where maybe they could do a bit more to promote racing on those kind of days uh for people to understand it and i think it's good as well that um you might have seen it in the last couple of weeks the bha has said that um, they're going to be playing out these videos that explain about like the whip. They they're also going to explain about what happens when a horse falls. Um, some of the cliches in racing to just help people understand that aren't familiar with the sport about these things that maybe can be off-putting to some people. So I think if they play more of those kind of videos, educate people more when we've got these like gigs going on when they're expecting more people to be there. I think maybe you might just get a few more people starting to follow the sport there's certainly a, a dwindling sort of number of people who are sort of entering the racing game um i think it's probably just a fact that a lot of people don't understand it so they don't want to take their time to want time time to learn um as you say there's quite a lot of stigma about racing um sort of seen as sort of like an upper class middle class sort of sport um and something I don't I don't think race courses help themselves. Um and I just say I think so these sort of promotional videos can work, you know, it can sort of attract a new sort of generation. because um, as you say there's not really I mean, even if you look at sort of the amount of bookmakers that are actually on course now, I mean they're dwindling as well. You know, mm. they don't get to the stage now where there's not gonna be any bookmakers on course. No. Um I don't know. Um I think they need to sort of be a wee bit more innovative how they can sort of get a new newer generation and it might it might sort of go back to your what you were saying earlier about putting on gigs you know obviously that that's a clear sort of marketing ploy to get a younger crowd in but the problem is they're not there for the racing they're there for the gigs there sort of needs to be sort of like a, a balance where 
they're coming in and they're thinking, oh, racing's actually great. You know, I love this. Um, and then they go to the they go to the gig after, and then next time they don't need to go. They're sort of it's like repeat custom, you know. Just get mm. more people racing because mm. it's no point getting ten thousand people through to see Ollie Moore's and then they never come back. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And even from our experience of chats, I mean, there's not actually that many young people. I mean. Go, go racing. I mean, what, what do you think the numbers really are? I mean, I know there's a lot of people on social media and um, Twitter. I often find Twitter can be a bit of an echo chamber. Um, a lot of these people don't actually go racing, you know? No. Um, they'll just sort of sit at home and sort of vent their frustrations and their opinions. Um, armchair jockeys. Armchair jockeys, yeah, they're the worst. Um, we've all been guilty of it before. I do think Twitter is a bit of an echo chamber mm. for it. No, I, 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 def, I, I agree with you there. There does need to be more of a balance so they can get some repeat customers. And when we, yeah, like you say, when we've been to the track, we haven't seen that many um, young people there. And I think people need to go racing more. I think the figures are are correct. It is the second most attended sport in Britain after football, and I can see why. But the reason probably is because it's on every day, so it's the numbers well add up. And throughout the summer months, when you get Royal Ascot, Glorious Goodwood, the Ebor Festival at York, the Cheltenham Festival, um, you get other good meetings with probably these gigs as well going on, you're going to get the numbers that add it up. If you probably ask most people in the street, do you go racing? They probably say yes. And then you go, how many times? They go, well, I only probably go once a year. You know, it it's very rare to find the same kind of folk as us like whenever i talk to anyone about racing it's like finding like a new best friend someone yeah to, to talk to talk to someone that knows anything about racing is very rare so yeah it would be good though if a lot more younger people could could um get into racing but that would be another debate um in another podcast we could talk about that particular issue um all day but anyway, that's all we've got time for this week. If you haven't done so already, uh, please follow us on SoundCloud. You can also follow us as well using our Twitter account of In The Saddle Pod. That is our handle. We're also as well now on Facebook and Instagram. So go and check us out over there if you haven't done so already. We'll be back um, probably towards the end of next week with another podcast. Me and Marcus will be interviewing a mystery guest on Friday. So stay tuned for that and we'll be seeing you again soon.